can't believe that Dave and Caruso are on KO. I mean, we need to be on TV to keep up. Hey, Pierre, do you know anyone that works in television? To be honest, mate, I've got no fucking idea. Great. Where's the Warpster? Uh, he's probably at his new job. Hey, Pierre, how many jobs does the Warpster have now anyway? Uh, seven. Madness that is the racing cast. I'm the Warpster, and joining me in the house of fun are the podcast DSI. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Podcast Central. And the sound engineer. Yeah, how you going? I like your new digs. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty industrial. <laughs> Industrious. Industrious. Very oh, productive. Very productive. Mm. Absolutely. I was going to go with illustrious, but mm. well, mm. now the Warpster's the. <clears throat> CEO and Managing Director of the Seven West Network of Companies. Mm. Congratulations on your promotion, Warpster. Uh, thank you very much. If I was working any harder, I'd be someone else entirely. Mm, clearly. And, um, while, we're, while we're talking about corporate high-flying, yes. flying, flying, birds, birds, blackbirds, blackbirds, partridges. Oh, listen, a big shout-out to our great mate, Lee Partridge. We can't even wait for National Racing Roundup. Lee Partridge driving the SR69 Blackbird World Time Attack car couple of weeks back, headed over to the bend, never driven the track before, proceeded to try and set the fucking thing on fire the first three laps that he did in it, did one only flying lap for the weekend and came out, took away fastest rear-wheel drive car. Ladies and gentlemen, a big round of applause, Lee Partridge. TCR Warbster. Yes, uh, the inaugural season in Australia is over halfway and we have now seen the complexion of the series going forward. Plus we need to cheer up the podcast chaplain who is heavily into the arse draggers. Yeah, big shout out to the podcast chaplain. Uh, Mr J, you, uh, <coughs> we'll probably catch you at Sandown. I'll see if I can mm. round you up a ticket or two. Two drivers have stood out over the first five rounds. Super 2 regulars are Dylan O'Keefe and I'm fucking Will Brown. Are you? <laughs> Wow. Brad leads the series, which has developed a decent following for a debut year, helped by supercars names such as Assorted Tanders, Russell Ingle, and uh, Jimmy Moffat joining in. Yeah, Jimmy Moffat, um, hasn't he had an outstanding year? Hmm. He's been involved in more crashes in... No, I'm not going to go there. No, don't worry about it. Unlike certain other series, it's open to more manufacturers, with eight brands currently lining up, becoming nine when the Cupras land. Cupra? Cupra? Uh, Cupra. Cupra? It's a Cupra. Cupra. It's a say out. What it is, it, it's one of those hats that Barnaby Joyce wears. It's an, oh, acu- it's a it's an Acupra. It's a Cupra. It's an Acupra. So what they need is they need Cupras sponsored by Acupra. Get onto it, Pierre. Mar- be a marketing genius. Wouldn't Alan Grice be obliged to drive it then? Or he could put Ben in it. Then we'd guarantee us some more crashes. Jeez. 
The technical what rules in ca- Sorry? Uh, no, no, please. <laughs> Don't hold back. We're not. May as well put Ash Walsh in there too. Whoa. Oh, allegedly. Come on. Mm. Old news. The technical rules encourage this mix with a spec splitter, air-restricted engines, and common componentry giving a lot closer racing. First question. Do the cars do it for you? Um, yeah, I've been to a couple of rounds. They actually do. They're, they're all right. They're, um, they're mad-sounding little jiggers. It's, um, it's like listening to a World Rally car up on the limiter when they're, when they're popping and banging. And, yeah, they're all right. They're, they're different. They're, you know, they, they sound like a turbocharged two-litre car. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. I think probably your very traditional aren't going to go over, but I think for everyone else, um, to, for me, I suppose I'm always looking at it from a sort of marketing and sales point of view. And in terms of what manufacturers are trying to sell, they're, they're in the right area. Yeah, and it was really interesting driving back from Phillip Island, seeing so many cars on the road coming back, going back to Melbourne from the track, mm. that there were, I th- there were I30Ns, there were Civic Type Rs, um, there were some Rexes. There were the people that are driving the cars that are racing. The people that are driving the cars on the road are the same models that are, that, that are out there racing are interested, and that's a little bit different to um, to the Two Make series. Well, mm. it draws a well, different sorry, crowd. Sorry, Two Make plus Datsun. It it draws a new crowd. It draws a massively different crowd. It draws a crowd that's been disinterested for the last. Five, well, six, it, seven. it draws the crowd that um, the two make series pissed away when they screwed up the new rules package yep. and bent over for Holden Ford again. Yeah, exactly. So you know, if if there were still five manufacturers in supercars, life would be very different. Mm, Ultimately, there's two with one one on life support, and yeah, look, <coughs> we go into ARG in more detail and and their buy ups and their, and what a what a national series might look like next year. We talk about that a bit later on. So, One question. When you were coming back from Phillip Island, mm-hmm. did you see any Subarus at every petrol station? I actually did uh, stop and put some fuel in Spanner's Hilux. Okay. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, there were a lot of WRXs. They seemed to have issues with fuel between races. Yes. The Subaru can't finish the Sunday race format without putting extra fuel on board. Yeah, so... How the hell they... So, the Subaru doesn't have a large enough fuel tank to do the first race and then go into lockdown park for May before the second and then finish the second race. Uh, so, yes, there was a bit of a real change. Mm. All right, drivers. Good field? I think it's good that the um, Andre Heimgartners and Tanders of the world aren't just completely dominating and making everyone else look silly. Yep, I, I really like the fact that Jordan Cox has been brought on board, mm. somebody with um, some genuine skill and ability in, in uh, driving an R-Stragger. And it's a real shame that at the last round at the paperclip that um, that French bloke um, suffered a mystery illness. It's really... Mm. Real, pretty unfortunate that um, he was too unwell to uh, to drive because mm. he was looking the goods. Um, was it JP Vernet? Uh, yeah. Oh no, J- J- John John Carl Vernet. Yeah. Which yeah. is probably a little bit more rec- name recognition than Rick Broikers. Yes. Mm. Yes. Indeed. But when you think about it, it's a new platform that most of them haven't driven before. Mm. Hardly anyone's driven. And what's mm. interesting when we talk... And so there's new rule, new ways to drive to learn or, and it's a fresh start. Well, Garth Tander has come out, pub quite, come out quite openly and said he learnt more following Jordan Cox for a number of laps in practice and qualifying at the bend about how to drive uh, a front-wheel drive car than he had in these two other outings in the car. So that, that in itself really shows something. 
Well, it's, pro- it's probably busy scooping out his um, overalls after that sliding turn one at oh. Phil Bond. <laughs> so, one thing that was noticeably different at the paperclip at the last round, they had some ambient temperature, so didn't have anywhere near the carnage caused by uh, cold rear tyres. Mm. And probably the next talking point, Warbster, yeah, the TV package certainly looking uh, slowly starting to look neater. Uh, and the package is starting to look tidier. The the media team are, are really presenting it well. I'm a massive fan of Rusty. Oh yeah, Rusty's Rusty's great. Um, Jack Perkins has been pretty good. Yep. Um, Aaron Noonan's been there. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Emma. Emma. Emma's good. Emma's good. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I mean, it's not up to supercar standards, but um, we, we've been spoiled with supercars over the years. Supercars media does do a really good job. And what? And then even the free to air stuff on ten. Supercars events free to wear on ten um, are essentially just the the Foxtel supercars package. So, with ads, what we yeah, thank you. Uh, but what we're seeing with on SBS with uh, the Shannon's Nationals come TCR packages, ultimately what we were looking at seven or eight years ago that was that was typically what Australian motorsport TV coverage looked like, and mm. and people are complaining about it, but they're not actually realising that they're being as you said, massively spoiled by supercars. What, people are complaining? Not everyone has rail drones. Rail. Wow. That can just run down and chase the field down. Yeah, ah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, I'm going to be honest, the drone that I'm more used to from the supercars coverage is actually <laughs> Cropton. And, um, <laughs> oh, no, no, Cropton's all right on his own. He escapes the drone. <laughs> can we name, can we get a, a podcast drone and name it, Mark? Oh, let's do it. Yep, let's do it. That's the form of the big nose, though. Yep. So... And probably last but not least, uh, no, second last but not least, mm. Jimmy Vernon parted ways with GRM during the week. So oh, yes, we had did. a bit of mail on that when he was stood aside or put stepped down or mm. basically uh, he's parking it, parking himself, ca- counting up his piggy bank to run his own car next year, I'm told. Hmm. And the amount of female drivers. Yeah, those four suited up for a couple of rounds there. Yep, um, so Chelsea got benched last round to give Andre the steer in her car because yep. he keeps breaking his. Molly Taylor is proving that she's a pretty good rally driver, but that's really about it. How, Le- much, how much circuit racing has she done before, though? No, well, bugger all, but Leanne Tander's been the standout. Well, that's uh, and, and that's Al- pretty normal. And Alex Whiteley's just sort of there or thereabouts. But then mm. Brighty's not that quick... So I don't know whether it's Alex or whether it's the team and the engineers or whatever. Mm. Really interesting to to walk around the lane and see who's engineering whose cars. There are people on loan from rival supercar teams doing weekend work for other supercar teams who are running TCR cars. Well, well the Bruin was there. The Bruins yeah, there. Bruins there. There's, there's, there's a hell of a lot of guys uh, earning a bit of weekend cash. Uh, on uh, on their weekends off, having a play with uh, with the field of Astragas. Mm-hmm. Right, so Warbster, mm-hmm. last one on TCR. Yeah. Is it a viable series? Why not? Well, how do I put this? No, I'll put it the way I... I'll put it exactly as I've heard it. ARG, the Australian Racing Group, allegedly own almost all of the field. They own the cars and they've put them out to different teams to run them. Mm. Okay. And they're subsidising and they're subsidising the there, there are a lot of people. Else. There are a lot of people not paying for their drive. Jimmy Vernon was paying for his drive, but now he's not. So pretty much, you've got to look at it as this is a a startup business in in some respects. Yep. So thirteen cars at about 
bit over 200k each. When you add spares and other bits and pieces, you're, you're pushing 275, 300. Add everything else in, there's not much change out of 10 million to get the whole show on the road. That's a lot of money for a startup. There's a lot of money for a startup. And my question is Yep. Supercars is having trouble looking after itself, and we'll get into that a bit later. Yep. You've got a lot of new cars out there. You've got S5000 coming in as well. Where's all this money coming from? Well, well, people are coming well, back. Well, no, no, I can, I can tell you exactly where the money's coming from, but let's keep our powder dry for a bit later when we talk about it. No, but that. my point is not necessarily the startup cost, but who's going to buy all these cars and maintain and sustain the series well, because they can't keep hemorrhaging money forever? Well, are, are people going to buy them? That's the, that's the whole thing. Mm. Uh, that's, the, that's the $10 million question. And one of, one of our questions in the Q&A, and we'll do the rest of the Q&A now, but it, it seems pertinent to drop it in now. Super 2 versus... Um, TCR, what's the better proposition? Oh, wow. Um, so if I had... Well, hang on. We can't compare Super 2 and TCR. TCR doesn't go anywhere. Hang on. No, no, yeah. no. Wait on. TCR can get you to Europe. Yeah, but it doesn't go anywhere here. Well, it's just something else for you to drive and something else for you to win. You might want to stay in TCR. You might not want to go. Exactly. So you can... Seven rounds of TCR... Are roughly two hundred to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year to run a car. TCR is not a leap category. No, no. Hear me out. Just hear, just hear me out. It would cost you more than double that to run Super Two. Mm. The money that you would spend on a season of TCR, running someone else's car, paying for your drive, is comparable to five rounds of Super Three. Mm. Now, where's Super Three going to take you? It's not going to take you to Europe. Mm. All right. I'd argue if you don't have the money, it's not going to take you to Super 2 or Supercars either. So Super, so super 2, you're looking at, you need a budget of somewhere between five and 600000 to run a year of Super 2 in a customer car. Which is utterly you could also crazy. argue that Yep. You could also argue that you could learn just as much from sports sedans as Super 2. Sports sedans aren't even in the mix at the moment. Sports sedans had seven or eight cars at the last national round. Sports sedans needs fixing, but we're not going to talk about them this this episode. I'm not really sure that you can compare TCR to anything. It, it, it's essentially mm. it's its own series. Yeah. And in, ter- uh, in terms of the viability, though, I look at the cost expenditure. I look at the amount of series that are either coming online or need sustaining. And again, we'll get into this a bit later, but I can't help come to the conclusion someone's got to go away. Well, you know what? I reckon TCR is the one category that's the most manufacturer friendly. Oh, God, yeah. If, and, and if, any, if they're going to dip into anything, yep. they're going to dip some money into something, it's mm. going to be that. Because you look at the sales, you look at who's buying these cars and all these... You look at the, the new Hyundai and all these new hot hatches that are coming out. Yep. They're, it's a growing segment. It is. It yeah. is. But, but win on Sunday, sell on Monday isn't real. It's not real. It's never no. been real. No, that's, that's right. not what it's about. But what it does it's, show it's about is that I have the quickest. We have the quickest car. Yep, it's, it's about aspiration. Well, it's not you're actually right. about. Yeah, you're right. It, it is about aspiration. I'm not. I'm not and, worried. And, and bragging rights. I'm not. I'm not worried about the bloke who's actually going to buy the car. I'm worried about the five year old kid who's looking at these cars go around, going, "I want one of those." Yep, that's it. Mm. So, let's just put a uh, a full stop on uh, everything TCR for now. Can anybody remember about 12 months ago, some bloke called Rod Salmon was going to buy 10 TCR cars and you could run them in apparently an alternative series. Anybody know what happened there? So, supercars. Oh, AKA the Scotty Mac Show. 
The Scotty Mac show continues, though his win percentage is going down slightly with a crash marred Townsville weekend where he didn't move across on or see David Reynolds. Or he did. Uh, depending on who you believe in the Battle of the Podcasts. Yeah, I thought we were winning that. No, we're really not. No, okay. No. Well, it's okay. But if you hear a scraping noise, it's supercars reaching the bottom of the barrel to build up non-existent rivalries. Right. So, <clears throat> uh, I know that you think that Scott clearly didn't see Davey behind him because of the camo paint. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah. Can I say something here? Of course you can. All right. Mm. If I was a real DSO. Which you're not, but no, if you were. If I was. Mm. Um, I'd just like to... Uh, <clears throat> Just like to tell uh, the podcast listening public and motorsport fans in general that during car racing events, there are things called racing incidents, and that's where a car and another car might end up making contact or running into each other. And there are people who are in charge of the judicial process at motorsport events. You have clerks, of course. You have assistant clerks, of course, who look after judicial. Some series have DSOs, some have IPOs, investigating prosecuting officers, some have race directors, deputy race directors, and ultimately they all work in conjunction with the stewards. And more often than not, not that you'd ever realise on supercars, but somebody isn't always fully to blame when these cars run into each other. I've got a problem here. Really? Mm. Go on. How am I supposed to write a massively clickbaity headline that sends people into a frenzy with no one was to blame for this. To be honest, mate, I've got no fucking idea. Wait, that's my line. Thanks, Pierre. Righto, so Townsville. So Shane Van Gisbergen finished the rain-soaked afternoon behind a Mustang still, but this time it was the pace car. A good showing by my boy, Your Anton De Pasquale. Antoine. In the torrent of precipitation, but I feel like we're forgetting something. <laughs> cool. <laughs> fire! 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 <laughs> ah, yes, the fire warbster. Fuel spilled out of the fuel hose on Perkat's car. Hang on, there was fuel in a fuel hose? Yeah, I know. Which then hit the exhaust when the car was dropped. It was put out extremely quickly with members of multiple teams launching in with the extinguishers. Mm. Uh, No massively egregious social media bullshit on this one, which makes a nice change. But as a former fire safety person, Mr. DSO, do you have any comments on this? Oh, please. First one. Go and have a look at the replay if you haven't seen it. It's still up on Supercar's website. Number one, have a look at the target fixation of the refueling guy, uh, the guy with the uh, with the nozzle in his hand. So I've had a look at the replay a few times, and um, all I can say is, go and have a read of Schedule N of the CAMS manual, specifically Section 2C, and you can make up your own mind, and I'm not saying another word. Mm. Which rolls us into Ipswich. Which was there. Yeah. You tuned out too? Oh, I just couldn't care less. It is, seriously, it is the most boring racetrack in the country Mm. without peer. Mm. So it appears Triple Eight's starting to resemble Triple Eight again. Jamie Wincup won a race in a a straight fight with Scotty Mack. You almost said a strategy fight with Scotty Mack. Yeah, well... uh, I've got a theory. um, Yes? Save all their money for Bathurst. Wow. Perhaps um, the fact that they tested a week and a half prior and it's their home track 
maybe that's why maybe that's what well listen they kept the wheels on you're always going to win if you keep the wheels on Uh, hey give triple a credit it was a straight and clean ish win yep maybe things are finally getting back on track in banyo yo 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 i can't believe i'm rapping here we go again cleanish because of the fuel rig positioning being not in its mandated position early in the weekend same with tickford Fines were given out at 10 grand a pop. No one seemed to be able to work out if there was an advantage gained or not. But they weren't the only fines for the weekend. Those $10,000 fines for fuel rig infringements, what if they had anything to do with a spring? Right. Ladies and gentlemen, that'd be be careful because you've got a loaded pistol. That'd be section 2C of Schedule N of the CAMS manual. But I digress. Over the page, Warp Star. Uh, Scotty Mack won the Sunday race. Yep. After the win, he decided to drop a burnout in an unsanctioned area where safety people were about. No, no. Well, there, were, there were race officials, and mm. I cannot condone him doing a burnout where there are people, irrespective of who they are, hang on, standing hang on, hang on. They the front straight. Hang on. Then, cel- then, and then they decided to celebrate as a team the winning of the manufacturer's title with some posters whoa, whoa. on the podium. Hang on. They won the manufacturer's title? Yeah. Already? Mm. What the hell yeah. Holden been doing? Losing. Right. These uh, these two uh, infringements added up to thirteen grand worth of uh, fines. Ten for the posters, three for the burnout. Well, any opinions? Oh, that's the social media DSO. I'd like to voice an opinion, now, Warpster. Um, <clears throat> no, all you idiots on social media. Supercars don't get the money. Cams get the money that's the confederation of australian motorsport and it goes into something called the fines fund and i'm absolutely bloody positive i've said this on you one know, of the previous you twi- have one of the previous have, 25 episodes dave and caruso podcast. have twice the fines fund is used to provide equipment to medical teams to fire and rescue teams the money goes to equipment for track safety purposes it's not more bottles of red wine at dinner it comes out of a different fund you know i'm having this weird case of deja vu i swear you've said exactly the same rant before you have yeah, definitely. Now, here's, fucking morons on here's, social media. Here's, here's what I want to say. Here's, yeah, here's, here's, here's my thing on yep, it. Yep, okay? Yep. Technical infringements. Yes. Burnouts in the wrong places. Yep. Bugger taking money. All right, take take $10,000. Here's a way to stop anyone ever doing this shit again. Take 300 points off them. I was going to say 10, but... No, yeah. take a race. Take the equivalence of a race win. Okay, we don't want to completely queer the championship, but... Yes, we do. Okay. That'll make them pull their fucking heads in. Well, it will. But my point I'm is... sounding like a real in, DSO now. Jesus Christ, you are. Ten points per infringement. Now, you think about... Okay, not this year, because this is... Ten points? You get ten points hang for on, running hang on, last. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Ten points per infringement. Think about last year and how that was situated in Newcastle before... Van Gisburn got his penalty. Think about the year before that and how much of a difference 10 points would have made. Nah, 10 points, tell you right now, 10 points isn't going to make jack shit of difference. Scotty Mack is going to win this championship oh, by more than 500 points. There you go, time stamped, 18th of August, day of recording, more than 500 points, unless he fucks it up at Bathurst. Again. Again. <laughs> now, Let's uh, be realistic. If you're going to give penalties... 10,000 for the fucking burnout where there were people where it was actually genuinely dangerous and 3,000 for a prohibited item on the podium. No, it was the other way around. 
That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They, that's what they should have been. They should have been yeah. 10 for the burnout and 3 for the poster, not 10 for a poster and 3 for a burnout. Please. Okay, I've got Priorities two problems. Priorities are all wrong. I've got yeah. two problems. Yeah, One, come on. Those officials loved it. And two, that, that poster was hilarious. Wow. Are you on social media? Yeah. Yeah, I can tell. Yeah. Both Townsville and Ipswich supercar rounds might be the last ones there for a while, given uh, all of the conjecture about the contraction of the calendar next year. So supercars... Good alliteration. Thank you. Supercars are uh, only about five or six weeks late in announcing the 2020 calendar Mm -hmm. because they keep telling us it's going to happen here and telling us it's going to happen then and it's not going to happen. So five races are out of contract, but supercars are looking to shed two events... One will go completely and the other's going to be replaced by the stinky night race at the tip next to the tip where it stinks because it's Sydney Motors Sydney Motorsport Park's gonna have its new lighting system for twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. And so it should. Ladies it's and gentlemen, track. let's let's go for a little bit of Cell part one. Righto, so gentlemen, the five on the bubble are Gold Coast, Townsville, QR, remarkably all in Queensland and all well supported by the Queensland government, brackets, who are broke, close brackets, Phillip Island and Winton. So who stays, who goes, buy or sell time, guys? Gold Coast? Stays. Sound engineer, definitely. Gold Coast will definitely stay. Stays. It's, it's the big party. It's one it's, of the marketing. Yep. It's, it sells tickets. I might actually get there this year for the first time. Mm-hmm. So look, yes, if um, if the Queensland government are going to prop anything up, they'll definitely prop up the Gold Coast. Uh, Warbster, Townsville, buy or sell. Townsville and QR's fates are very much intertwined. It's going to be one or the other. Yes. QR has the advantage of packing itself out, despite the fact that the track's crap. Um, mm. They're going to much bigger crowd. The setup cost isn't anything like it is, and QR needs that round to make the um, FIA accreditation process viable, because otherwise they're going to lose the Nationals round as well. So, buy or sell, QR? Which one has what pack sponsorship? Townsville. I reckon Townsville's staying there. I'm I am have the opinion Townsville is a definite lock to stay because it's F and Q and the government have to be seen to be doing something for F and Q. If they're throwing money around in SEQ, why would you throw a big heap of money at the Gold Coast, which is traditionally the party and it's it's big for tourism to the to the Goldie when Ipswich realistically is forty five minutes up the road from the Gold Coast. To me, QR. Oh, he's dead to me, bro. He's dead to me. Townsville and QR, we've covered those off. Now the two near and dear to our hearts being uh, Victorians. Sound engineer, Philip Island, buy or sell? Uh, I, I don't care about Philip Island. Okay. I don't think anyone else does either. Yeah, I think lots of people I think Philip Island. I think it's probably the least attended event at Philip Island. Uh, it's a very, very poorly attended event. That is correct. Warbster? Who's carrying the risk for um, Winton? So Winton, Winton is promoted by the Benalla Auto Club slash Winton Motor Raceway Proprietary Limited. So who's, they, pay, who's paying for it? They, Winton they, pays. Well, the Victorian state government uh, chip in as part of the regional tourism benefit um, grant or some nonsense. 
but ultimately supercars receive a sanctioning fee from someone else to run their round at Winton. Who Unlike, promotes who promotes uh, Phillip Island? Phillip Island is wholly promoted by supercars. There's your answer. It is unfortunately, uh, as much as I have a, uh, it's a strong affinity good. with Winton. Don't talk over me. I, that's my job. As, as much as I have a strong affinity with Winton, I think that Phillip Island is just such a magic place to drive and to race at. The drivers would want Phillip Island to stay, but ultimately the money will be the outcome there and Winton will stay because it's grassroots racing in the heart of the country. Plus, if the Victorian government's going to throw money at anything, it's going to be want to be seen to be doing it with the regional areas Absolutely. for the same reason as FNQ. Yep. So, back to the near future. Mm-hmm. And we've got two wild cards for Bathurst announced already. Uh, yes, uh, Jake and Brody Kostecki are lining up in the Kostecki brothers' cousins. So hang on, is that the uh, quick, that's, that was the original quick one and the new quick one? Uh, yeah. yeah. Yep. So Who's the slow ones? Uh, he's with Triple Eight, not getting a drive. Right. Hmm. Right. Sponsored by Boost. Yes. Nothing quite like the their career. Mobile. Nothing quite like their career getting you rid of a boost. More like <clears throat> boost into the wall. Mm. Meanwhile, the soccer team are lining up the 2016. Indy 500 pole sitter and Mayor of Hinchtown, James Hinchcliffe. Mayor of Hinchtown? Who writes this shit? Uh, And 2016 Indy 500 winner, Alexander Rossi, in a one-off cameo. Is he Valentino's cousin? Uh, No. Does he ride motorbikes? I'm going to be honest. Yes. This came on the same day as the other announcement for Super 5000. Mm. And my God, how underwhelming was it? So when Rubens Barrichello gets announced as having a run in in S5000 at its uh, inaugural race meeting at Sandown at the Shannons Round in a few weeks' time, mm. it really made uh, a double international Bathurst wildcard announcement pale into insignificance, really. But yeah. do you know the other thing? <clears throat> yes. What? I'd love to no, see... On. No, no, I don't know the other thing. Please tell us. I'd love to see two Indian... Two Indy champion... Two Indian champions. Two Indians. Two Indy champion... Yeah, they're they're going to replace them with Karen Chandok and uh, Narain Karthikeyan. It's going to be two Indians. Two Indians. <laughs> Hi, Ranger. And if I get the chance to finish... Yes. Yeah, go for it. Yep. Two Indy champions... Yes. Mm. I'd love to see either of them bin it. Because a V8 supercar doesn't drive like literally anything else. Yeah. The mayor of Hinchtown thing is actually Hinchcliffe's own invention. That's yep. not me writing it. No, no. Um, it's more of that Seppo and bullshit. Look, no, no two ways about it. Both those blokes can steer a race car. Yes. But sound engineer, you are absolutely correct. <laughs> they are going to need to be doing a shitload of miles. Okay. Somewhere. Well, oh, hang on. Hang on. There's hang two on. Hang on. Wait, wait, hang on. Stop, stop, stop. They're in America at the moment, aren't they? They can go down and see Roger, and they can have a drive in the Mustang supercar that Roger's oh. that Roger's got over in America. They can do a bit of a bit of early oh. a bit of early season testing. Can you, can you at least put your tinfoil hat on when you say that? Oh, Jeez, okay. Boys. Bathurst so, yes. is stated on record yes. by European drivers that race at the Nurburgring. Yes, as just as hairy, if not hairier, yep. at points. So it's not green hell. It's not green hell. Oh, but it's close. It's not green hell. It's kangaroo hell. Wow. Mate, if you want to see some hairy things, go up the top of the mountain on a Saturday night when oh. the boys have got a few in them. Anyone, <laughs> try driving yep. a big, heavy... This is like when Cold Trickle learned to drive NASCAR. You've clearly answered the next question. 
Obviously, no team has a chance of threatening the top ten. No, neither of them do. Not a snowball's chance. However, yes, there is one good thing for this. Come on. James Hinchcliffe and James Courtney can compare notes about being on Dancing with the Stars. And finally, on supercars... Hmm. Oh, yes. Rochi's beak at the bend. He also has a contract for 2020. So it's excellent that he's beak. Puffer and Caruso stood in and made Stinaway's results look a little silly, brew. So hopefully the rest's been given him chance to pause and change his approach and start to fight his way back to the front and prove to his team owner that it's the cars that are shut, not the drivers, brew. And um, Garth Wanneroo, that's your dodgy accent for the show. Can I hear Tim? So we need to go safety car boards and flags, safety car boards and flags, safety car boards and flags. How does it happen? You're booting a ding, or welding something, or working till you think that you'll burst. You should have read that label first. A hard night's work needs a big cold caffeine kick, and the best caffeine kick is Monster. Monster Energy. You know how it happens. You're doing some paint spray, or fixing an under tray, or trying to finish before it gets worse. You've sure got a thirst. A hard-earned thirst needs a big energy hit, and man, I shouldn't be drinking this shit. It can come at any time. When Brad or King ring, it's never funny, because I always seem to be sitting on the dunny, but the lads have smashed up some cars. Or maybe Wally needs some spare guards. They ain't playing cards. You're not cooking a cow. You're showing them how. Matter of fact, I'm having a heart attack now. A hard-earned thirst needs a big black drink. And the unhealthiest drink is Monster. Monster Energy. Yeah, me and you rear on the car. And they say Bunnings has everything. Tell you what, we threw the kitchen sink at the Renault, which damaged it even more. They asked who did it, and we said, he's fucking Will Brown. Renault plexiglass rear window, $20. Sheet metal for the hatch, $10 a metre. 44 gallon drum of James Courtney's hair gel, $10. Supercars, about 40 million. We'll bet any competitors, especially once the competitor stops slamming into the back of me when it's pissing with rain. I miss the Altima, at least I want to race in that. Where our need for Renault spares is just beginning. Thanks James Moffat. Wow. Jimmy Moff there doing a spot for Bunnings. Everything's so commercial these days. I mean, we'd never be so blatantly up for sale. And this is segment two, brought to you by Dandenong Road Wreckers. If you're on a wrecked race car, go straight ahead of Dandenong Road. And speaking of money, we move on to the owners of the hottest credit card in Australian motorsport, the Australian Racing Group. Already the owners of TCR and S5000, Warbster, you're on the board, and uh, <clears throat> you and Matt Braid and John McMillan and the bloke with all the money, Brian Boyd from Pace Developments, you've been on a sp- on a buying spree and a half. Uh, Touring Car Masters is already in the bag, mate. Uh, the cams rights to TA2 are as well. But, sorry? The cams rights to TA2. I'm led, to, I'm, I'm led to believe that... ARG have had a meeting with the TA2 competitors and the TA2 competitors are all really happy that uh, that ARG are going to buy them and move their series forward. What, what's TA2 got to do with Touring Car Masters? Are you huntering for something? Could be. And yeah. nearly everything else is allegedly in their gun sights. Our gun sights. So we say the CAMS rights to TA2 Warbster because currently TA2 is running with the AMRS, Australian Motor Racing Series, 
which is uh, organised and promoted by Eugene's mates, AASA. So, um, obviously, TA2 will come on board the cams, into the cams fold next year, it appears. But we'll have to wait and see. S5000, gentlemen, launches at Sandown in around a month's time with a star attraction, Rubens Barrichello. Who, unlike James Hinchcliffe and Alexander Rossi, people have actually heard of. Mm. Is there no end to the ARG war chest? No. Will S5000 bring the crowds back to open wheel racing, sound engineer? God, I hope so. You and me both. Allegedly 14. Uh, we'll see how many of those are finished and filled, but believe again that ARG own them all and uh, people will be driving them for ARG. Right, what are they doing? Are they just doing like a sweep of everyone who got fired from um, Toro Rosso? Because that'd, that'd, be, that'd be a pretty decent field. It'd be 14. More than that, mate. <laughs> so let's talk about the Nationals moving mm, forward. Mm. There's also discussion that um, ARG are looking at Australian GT. Mm. Yes, yeah. we, I think we sort of hinted around the edges at that quite some time ago. Pretty much, they've got a pretty decent package lined up. By the time you've got to a TA, uh, TA2, TCM, all that tax carry sort of V8-minded people. And S5000 V8s. S5000 V8s. You've got the sort of Euro trash with yep. the um, TCRs. And, and if they pick up GT... Yeah, if they've got the sort of the sporty car blokes and all the... I mean, they've got a good mix there. There's Take, something for everyone. They've essentially got their own Take version what? of the Nationals. Buy the Shannons Nationals. Don't have to buy the Shannons Nationals. They can, are the Shannons Nationals. You can just just be you, the Shannons. You Nationals. can. You don't. You but can, they could promote it. You can they? deal direct. Mm. They can promote it. They can deal direct with tracks. They can set up their own series. There's nothing stopping them setting up their own series. It's exactly what um, the uh, AASA have done with the Australian Motor Racing Championship. The AMRS cams have to say yes for, to that though. No, well, mm. it depends. ARG could run under any sanctioning they want. A bit unlikely, given that CAMS are very, very close with ARG with regard to TCR, and CAMS are the ones that actually own GT. Whoever whoever runs GT is only running it because CAMS are the owners because they have the international rights to run GT in this country. So it is unlikely that the ARG would run an alternative sanctioning, but you'd have to call it, it something else. It will be really, it will be really, really easy to see. So yeah, I know what we could call it. Mm-hmm. Pro car. Call it GT1. You're not the first person that's talked about that one, Warbster. So the other thing uh, that's also been apparently leaked to the media is that ARG put a cheeky little bit in for supercars. Apparently, yeah. So I'm hearing that supercars think that they're worth $80 million. Independent valuations puts them at about 50 Yep. And I'm hearing that the cheeky lowball offer from persons associated with the ARG was somewhere in the vicinity of 25. <laughs> well, of course, uh, that got so knocked back. <laughs> what about the Gang of Four? Well, what of supercars in the post-Archer Capital world? While there has been no visible movement of the inevitable divestment, no one is exactly left forward denying what Roland the Dude and Jazzy Jeff are planning to do to gain control of the farm. Yep. A lot of the media narrative has turned to how unaffordable and unprofitable supercars is. The yep. aforementioned gang of four have been gladly pouring petrol on that fire. As have they ever on you know, Roland going on the dude and the enforcer and Tony Cochran. Tony Cochran as well. There's all sorts of uh, mm. there's all sorts of PR stuff happening by stealth, but it ain't very stealthy. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you've had Roland on 
public record saying it, Triple Eight doesn't make a lot of money. Yeah. Um, Tony Cochran's been on Dude and the Enforcer. Yep. Roland's been on Dude and the Enforcer. The dude's using his increasing profile to shape the conversation. I don't know if you've um, listened to the last Rusty's Garage. There was a little bit of that in there. I think the Paul Morris episode of Rusty's Garage is uh, one of the best episodes I've heard and I've listened to nearly all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, the bit about Andre Heimgartner and Renee Gracie sitting in bed eating Mars bars is quality. If you haven't heard it, ladies and gentlemen, do yourself a favour and uh, listen to the end of this podcast, then go out and download Rusty's Garage, the Paul Morris episode. Thanks, Molly. Mm. And um, isn't, it, isn't it amazing Jessica Dane suddenly getting all this camera time on the Supercast coverage? Yeah, so, the, new, the, the, new, the new owner, the new CEO, managing director of Triple Eight after Roland moves aside. Mm. So ARG have a lot less have been a lot less open about things. And we've already talked about drip feeding um, their media releases and drivers and all sorts of things. They're playing a very different uh, and quite uh, opposing media campaign than the other series normally do. Um, They don't really look like a likely bidder for supercars because you can't own own everything. Mm. Uh, How do they have money left? Well, there's this thing called money. But so how do they have any so hang left? On. There's this company called Pace Developments, owned by a bloke called Brian Boyd. You may have heard of him. He sponsors the Pace Carrera Cup. He sponsors the Pace Cam Formula Four. He sponsors just about everything. There is Mad Motorsport nut. Paid Oscar Fiorinotto a ton of money to build his own version of the Super Five Thousand car, of which we saw the airbox mold yesterday. That's where the money's coming from. So, but they can't own everything. Because if they own everything, well, we are well and truly down the gurgler. Now, I've run the situation past a friend in Fire Finance who's actually got a little bit of background with motor racing, but he's generally in the uh, realms of venture capital yep. and um, startups and this sort of thing. Um, he was of the opinion that uh, 50 million valuation was being generous. Mm. There are problems, major problems. Well, the current TV rights deal expires at the end of 2020. As we know, six years. Two hundred and forty-one million with Foxtel and ten. No, not ten. Seven plus three. <laughs> Thanks, Warbster. Yes, nice. Since late twenty thirteen, when the deal, when said deal was signed, ten collapsed into receivership and was taken over by CBS and Foxtel has, ex- has exploded debts to the point where a three hundred million dollar loan from News Corp was needed to keep the company afloat. So another forty million dollar a year media deal isn't likely unless seven or seven plus two. That's nine. Mm. Um, decide it's worth about eight times more than it was six years ago. And we know what happened six years ago. Everybody was drowning in debt. So supercars now has uh, have had six years of lots of money. The cars, the uh, the car of the COTF, the car of the failure that was supposed to be much cheaper isn't. None of this is new news to anybody. And uh, $120,000 engines, the category is drowning in its own costs. And if they don't get a big heap of TV money, which we can't see physically happening, uh, where's it all going to end up? Well, Sound engineer, sorry, you waving at me? I'll tell you every problem with supercars and why Car of the Future didn't fix anything. Here we go. They didn't change the engines. The tyres were still shit and overpriced. They locked, they locked everyone into one manufacturer for transaxles everything and they're all shit and they're all shit well no they've changed now they've gone with um, Aussie built 
Oh, they've, oh they've made them change it change it multiple times. Oh, that's much cheaper. Yes. Oh, great. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's so cheap when everyone has to run a control part that's owned by a company. You know, the technical that makes it so cheap. The, yeah, the technical regs have been a disaster. Yep. This year especially. Change, yep. changes nearly, uh, the changes have occurred nearly as often as Nick Perkat changes paint scheme. Yep, so post-ips which Nissan have had an aero change. Do you know the other problem? Yes, Without, what? By not having wind tunnels, it costs more. Because what they uh, do is different they argument. just... Different argument, and we're not going to go there today, but I, I'm hearing it. They I'm, spend money on the aero that they shouldn't need to, because yeah, if yeah. they had wind tunnel testing, they would be saving money and doing it right once. But yeah. Hang on, hang on. No, 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 no. They don't need aero. no. At the start of the year, the parity was closer than ever, remember? Yeah. yeah. They told us. Yeah. Hmm. The parity was closer than ever. Yeah. Unless you're creating, creating, the, creating sporting and technical uncertainty drives anyone doing diligence running away screaming. Absolutely. So allied to all this is eternal enemy, costs. Meaningful cost reductions have been hard work, and it seems like every change made is blowing more money. Exactly the things that you're talking about, sound engineer. It's all been shadowed by the ongoing issue of the Gen 2 cars costing much more than they were supposed to, team budgets at the front were sp- are spiralling. Penske is alleged to be spending between 12 to $18 million a year and Triple Eight can't be far behind. What did that bloke tell us yesterday yeah. about about where he's, buying, where he's buying parts from? He's buying pads that have been bedded in and not used and thrown in the, in the, in the throwaway basket. Penske only use wheels once and then they sell them to Brad Jones. Brad Jones doesn't buy brand new wheels. He buys them off Penske. Penske, Penske, Penske has a box of 100 little, spares. Little, well, yeah, that's another story. Um, the money that is being thrown at the sport at the moment at the pointy end... It's not worth it's it. It's unsustainable. It's for, not an Australian... For 80% an, of the pit lane. It's an Australian series. Correct. That's the real problem. But the issue is, is that with the Australian series, and this is a point that Mr. Joe's made every time I spoke to him about it, mm-hmm. there's only 26, 27, 28 million people in Australia. Yep. You need we're a drop a, in the ocean. Yep. And you the thing is, we're making less money in two years. Yep. We're spending more money than ever. Yep. Arch needs to realise the yield on the capital tranche for the investors, and everyone knows it. Yep. What cards do they have? To play, they've got nothing. No, Archer, no, Archer, Archer need money to get out because the fund that owns it is closing down. So they essentially need to sell it and recover. Now, yes, capital uh, venture capital companies do make money out of things, but they're at the back end. They've cashed in their six years of TV deal. They've got to get out. And we understand from multiple sources that the current clubhouse leader is a bid at around thirty-six million. Again, massive lowball from the numbers we've touched on. But if it drags on long enough, Warbster. If it drags on long enough, they've got to take whatever it is. Yep, your financial um, guru says. Count a bit of $40 million would do it. So $40 million would buy you supercars. Pretty much, yeah. Yep. Now, he's, he's saying that from the point of view of if, he was, if it was his play, yep. that's what he would do. Yep. But I don't see any reason why you'd want to go for more than that. All you've got to do is beat 36 at the moment. And from what I can gather, only one person's bidding. Yeah, the gang of four. Hmm. Righto, so buy or sell time. Part two. Righto, buy or sell, sound engineer. The gang of four ends up with supercars. Do you buy it or do you sell it? No shit, Sherlock. 
It's a floundering category, and yeah. the only people who are going to buy it is someone who has big plans to change and shake the category up. Grand designs, in fact. <laughs> yes, grand designs, in fact. Warbster, Gang uh, of Four, uh, more than likely. Right. Yeah, I think they're well and truly leader in the clubhouse. In fact, if I was a bookie, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be framing odds. Um, ARG ends up with supercars, sound engineer. No. Well, we not did, not a chance. No, we'll see. We did hear that Brian Boyd's very interested in it. Yeah, and Brian Boyd can be as interested as he likes. Well, no, no. But good luck trying to get it off Paul Morrison and Roland to start with, and good luck um, trying to convince the rest of ARG to no, no, no. To well, it's, quite, it's quite it's quite straightforward. If Brian Boyd wants to open his wallet wide enough. Archer will sell. If he came in with a $45 million bid tomorrow, I reckon he'd be the owner. Why would you buy it? Uh, hang on. Because because sometimes people who are very rich have <laughs> dreams of power. Power of dreams. No, that's Honda. Yeah. Warbster, ARG, yay or nay? Yes, but only if the price is low enough. Yeah. Uh, so let's round this. And I think, I think I'm, yeah, I, I, I think I've said enough that in terms of what I think... Who, who else? Someone else ends up with supercars. Warbster, I'll go with you. The team owners may club together, but I say that very unlikely. Um, then Sorry? You, well, I was thinking Tiga. more... Uh, I was thinking. I was thinking more Roger Penske could... Touring car entrance group. Oh, jeez, not again. So we need to go safety car boards and flags, safety car boards and flags, safety car boards and flags... Hey folks, it's me, Fabian Coulthard, in the 13 Fabs Mustang Super Taxi. I'm picking up another passenger, bro. Yeah, uh, Sarah May Winery, thanks, mate. No worries, bro. Just watch the ballast next to the seat. We had to move it again. Uh, no worries, we had the same problems where I work. Hey, bro, do I know you? You look pretty familiar. No, Fabian, you don't. Oh, I mean, no, no, you've never met me before. <laughs> uh, hello, Roland. Did the wheels fall off again? Seems like everybody wants to get in the Mustang this year. Who's Roland? Uh, nice try, bro. I recognise that tattoo anywhere. Nice fake moustache, by the way, bro. Okay, okay, it's me. Just shut up and drive, cool card. There you go, folks. Call 13Fabs and we'll get you there. Unlike Triple Eight, our wheels never fall off. I should have caught a fucking Uber. Anytime, anywhere. One, three cabs will get you there. the head of a major corporation, government department, sporting star or public figure? Do you need help containing your public image disaster? Do you need help hosing down the media circus around you and your business? We can help. At Public Image Limited, we can stand in front of any recording device and pretend we have no idea what we're talking about. Staying on message by delivering as little actual information as possible. That's how the game is played in this tech-savvy, social media, content-driven age. Uh, yeah? Public Image Limited is already a thing. A band. Johnny Rotten. 
you chose their music to play in the background? Well, to be honest, man, I've got no fucking idea. See, it's that easy. To see what we can do for you, contact us today. Use the code word Pierre to receive an extra two people nodding in the background of a doorstop interview absolutely free. Call us on 1-800-FAKE-AD. Call us. Call us now. Welcome back to the Racing Cast. And if you want to actually advertise on this show, please contact our pages. Please. Please. Please give us money. I need some money. A former sponsor who had some success as Public Image Limited has been working with a high-profile client, James Courtney. Let's hear Pierre's work in action. To be honest, mate, I was, I, was, uh, I got no idea at this point, but uh, there's a lot happening in a short period of time. Hey, I've heard you. Don't don't be going anywhere near my clients again. I, I don't know who. How'd you? How did you get an interview with James Courtney? To be honest, mate, I've got no fucking idea. <laughs> I just bumped into him in the pit lane. This is National Racing Roundup with, with the Warbster, the Sound Engineer, and the DSO. Righto, fellas. My favourite segment, National Racing Roundup. Now, hey, well, what? Stop. What? That's a rip of the Channel 9 music. Sorry. 7 plus 2. Oh, shit. Righto. So international racing roundup we're going to open with off-road something we've never talked about before is this at the request of um garth from one road no okay no a, a bloke that i genuinely know and have known for, for many many years ago burrum beats own mark burrows has claimed his eighth bf goodrich cams australian off-road championship courtesy of a podium finish at the hindmarsh shire rainbow desert enduro like most other sports, once again compulsory pit stops played havoc with the race result, seeing the race winner relegated and Burroughs and his co-driving father Max, uh, <clears throat> not Matt, as uh, as we reported on Crusher.cafe. And by the way, Max Burroughs would have to be about 85 in the shade, or at least <laughs> or at least or at least 70. Only needed to stay out of trouble to claim the crown. An outstanding 18 years after his last title success. Well, it's a bit of a um, stretch between drinks. Bit of a stretch between drinks. You reckon Russell Ingle waited a while for a championship? <laughs> and in TCR round four, so we've touched on TCR, but let's actually do a bit of it in roundup. Yep. In a less action-packed weekend than the last two, funnily at the most boring track in the country, the paperclip. What you're saying that nobody piled into turn one and took out half the field? No, unlike. Philip Byron. Oh, God. Yeah, so Dylan O'Keefe took the round win from some bloke older than me called Russell Ingle and another ex-supercars racer, Tony Delberto, getting home for third on the podium. My spies tell me the ambient temperature got the rear tyres up faster, which we touched on, less crashes. Uh, I'm fucking Will Brown, still leads the championship. Oh, you are as well. He gets around as well, right? Wow. From I'm Lockie's client, Dylan O'Keefe, with I'm actually a bit of a midget, Tony Delberto currently in third. Moving over to AGT, so as part of the Shannon's National Series, Australian GT ran their second round of the Australian Endurance Championship at a fucking cold and wet tail and bend. Seriously, that place has all the atmosphere and soul of Calder Park with the weather of Baskerville. In his AGT debut Ooh, and pocketing a ton of Jim Manolias... What's that? 
Settle down. You haven't been there. Yeah. Where was I? Pocketing a ton of Jim Manolius' money, Shane Van Gisbergen took victory after a cunning call to pit before what was going to be an imminent safety car, bringing the Trofeo Motorsport Lamborghini home for an after-dark win. So he's like Baldrick. He has a cunning plan. Mm, it was a cunning stunt, I'm here to tell you. His T8 teammate, Jamie Wincup, suffered with the illness all weekend before running out of fuel in the AMG 63 Merc he was sharing with the Ben circuit owner, Yasser Shahin. Couple this with losing a right front wheel at the previous round at Phillip Island, and one might even another one. One might even say, "Hello, darkness, my old friend." Jeff Emery leads both the Australian GT Series and the Australian Endurance Championship with the final endurance round heading to Sandown in mid-September. I thought Australian GT was Garth Tander's new reality show. Wow. Moving to Porsches, and in the big boy Porsches, 17-year-old Cooper Murray, who's incidentally sponsored by a stonemasonry company, took a clean sweep of victories in his very stark-looking race car. The irony of a stonemason being involved in Australian motorsport, hey. Mm. Dale Wood still leads the championship from Fluffy Luff with Jordan Love in third. Where is the love? Third And in second string Porsche's talented Queenslander Harry Jones took a second and a pair of wins at Paperclip to not only win the round but extend his championship lead from the second love brother Aaron, that's where there's more love, mm-hmm. uh, with 2017 Australian Formula Ford champion Max Vidal in third. Speaking of Formula Ford, the National Series headed to Sandown for its fifth round and in a nutshell the series got tipped on its head almost literally. I actually saw this road. Coming, coming into the weekend, Sonic Racing's Angelo Mazuris led the championship from CHE Racing's Tom Sargent with Kiwi sensation Callum Hedge in third. But in qualifying, Tommy Sargent crashed heavily and spent the night in the Alfred Hospital, taking no part in any of the weekend races. Series leader Mazuris also crashed heavily in race one and spent time in hospital but was cleared to race on Sunday. That, that was actually... A, I actually saw that accident. That was a real... Real sudden um, deceleration there, and he just the guy behind him had absolutely nowhere to go. Yeah, Zach Suter broke an input shaft and uh, ended mm. up with a box of neutrals, and uh, Ange Mazuris essentially ran over his back wheel um, at the at the gear change point just after the start finish line on the front straight. So it was pretty uh, pretty frightening crash, Warbster. Hedge had a weekend to forget, receiving driving infringement penalties in races one and three, but the round win went to Sargent's teammate Lachlan Maneef, who pipped Victorian Zach Suter, and National Formula Ford Series debutant Spencer Ackerman, who did a Rick Kelly-style points accumulation to round out the podium. Did he take out Lanzi? No, he didn't take out anybody. A strong points haul and a favourable appeal against a round one penalty sees Zach Suter only 11 points behind series leader Ange Mazuris, and with the winner of the last two rounds, Lachlan Maneef carrying momentum into third place. And the Formula Fords have only two rounds remaining, and it's certainly a very open season this year. And if anyone cares about our CAMS F4, well, their series is over for 2019. Finished at the bend with Lewis Leeds taking the championship from six or seven other kids who were slower than him. Can I answer that? Can I answer that question for you? Mm. No, no one cares about Australia. Okay, so while I'm in my current bout of apathy, let's jump to Super <laughs> Two. That, according to PointlessMotorRacingClickbait.com, is about to get a big boost from supercars. Would the fact that the category of the year so far, Super Three, dug its heels in about evolving this car of the future chassis, have anything to do with supercars needing to prop up the second-hand car yard series? More than likely, considering am, everyone's just gone, hell no, those things are too bloody expensive. Or am I just a cynical bastard? Wait, hang on. 
So anyway, Bryce Forward leads the series from Zane Goddard, both in the fastest stats and supercars in the land, with one of the Kosteckis in third. Interestingly, Perth winner... I'm fucking Will Brown. Wow, that makes three of us. <coughs> Sorry, uh, languishes what, what, what in... What happened at Tail Bend? What happened at Tail and Bend? Mm. Stays at Tail and Bend. Yeah, what happened at... <laughs> a bit like what happened at the paperclip stays at the paperclip, except no... Huh. I'm fucking Will Browns. Languishes in ninth, proving that Euro Astragas are obviously heaps easier to drive than second-hand supercars. If I cared about TA2, I'd bother to tell you that second-generation racers, Aaron Seaton and George Medicki, are running one and two in their championship. Uh, they're having a bang around up at Winton at the moment. 27 or 28 cars, looking like the series of the future. Okay, this, this apathy is getting me a bit shitty. Step mm. it up, mate. Come Righto. on. Okay. Come on. Righto. So, to the next best teenager-dominated race series behind Formula Ford has to be the all-new, ultra-invigorated Kumo Tyres Super 3 Series. That crazy cat, Juso Jada, took the round three win from Paul the Dude Morris' protege, Brock Feeney, with Josh Fife in third. A Jada's shown an amazing turn of speed in the Anderson Motorsport Falcon, especially since talented race engineer James McCabe came on board before Winton. Feeney leads the series by 13 points from Ojeda and the super versatile Mildura team, Hamish Ruberts, sitting in third, and they are off to the bend for their next round next weekend. That was the most informative we've ever been. Thank you, Warbster. Hmm. Okay. Because normally we just sit here and talk crap. Yeah. Q&A, Warbster. Uh, yes, Q&A. We, uh, oh, I put the uh, call out, see if anyone had any questions burning in themselves that wanted to be answered. Mm-hmm. And we Fer- actually Fertile material? Fertile material. I had some very, very good responses this time, so we'll try and get to all of them. Yep. First of all, Declan actually did send a question in this time, so well done, Declan. Thanks, Declan. Uh, didn't last time. No. No, and we gave him a bit of a roasting for it, so... Good that he uh, came up with it. Okay, uh, updates on ADS and their let-down customers haven't seen an update anywhere. Uh, That's because there isn't any public update. All we are getting is snippets via our spies, and uh, the most we can tell you is that everything except the Audi sold at auction. James Rosenberg bought the V8 Super 3 car, the V8 Supercar, that wasn't actually owned by ADS. We're not sure who owned it, but we know that they didn't. And the uh, R8's currently for sale, and you can call Kyle. He's advertising it, I can call Kyle, but it's a fake number. Yes, and his um, actual number doesn't actually work. No. Just go look in uh, State Forest somewhere where he's hiding out and um, make him an offer. Yep, and uh, ask him what number burner phone he's up to. Greg Fitzgerald, there's talk about a second track at Bathurst. When has there ever not been? Mm. Uh, curious about the viability and whatnot thoughts. Well, given they're going to build it up on top of the hill at the back of McPhillamy, if they build it, um, I think there's government money to run a feasibility and a tender process, but someone's going to have to find... What are the Shahins up to? The Shahins are currently at 130 or 150 million. So someone's going to have to come up with 60, 80, 100 million to build this track using none of the existing infrastructure. Let me just repeat that. Absolutely zero of the existing infrastructure. Why? Uh, Noise. No, noise. The plan was to go up Mountain Straight, turn and cut through the top of the car park before the winery, turn left, 
cut through the top of the paddock, come in around near the chase, head off over to the old drive-in. There was a whole design for that. I'm aware of that. Apparently, council noise mo- modelling showed it was going to be too loud. They could have actually run that as a track. There's other roads around. It would have worked, and they could have used the best pit lane in Australia, uh, the iconic chase, all of the wonderful parts of the existing track. But no, we're not using that. We're going to build another track. We're thinking we're going to build another track up on top of the hill. That's not going to happen. Which government's going to tip all the money in? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Who's, who's paying for yeah. it? Craig Who paid this man? Oh, There's money everywhere. Everyone yeah. wants money. Yep, absolutely. Craig Patterson, why won't Spanner and Nugget answer my calls at 1-800-DRIVER-UTE? Because it's 1-800-SPANNER. Or Fucking get around it. Jeff Zivkovic, we already did our TCR versus Super 2. Mm-hmm. Jeff Bullis, hope I've pronounced that correctly, Jeff. Andre 3000 getting the uh, getting under the outright lap record at QR in the MCA Hammerhead. Uh, another World Time Attack car? Yes. Yes. I believe that was a Nissan at some point. Right. You've already done a little bit of A3K porting on your page, I noticed, uh, Lobster. For, for shiggity. For shiggity. For shizzle, mm. my nizzle. You think you've got it. Oh, you think you've got it. Yes. Uh, Q&A, let's keep going. Uh, Warren Moore, do we have a video? Uh, yes, on. we have a video. Oh, beautifully played, sound engineer. Oh, have we got a video? Yes, we've got a video! <laughs> I'm not surprised if he's dead. Oh, the astronaut, the video. Oh, have we got the video? <laughs> yes, we've got a video! <laughs> <laughs> oh, have we got a video? If anyone else asks me that question, I'm gonna stick their head through the window. Viv, have we got a video? <laughs> Come this way, Neil. <laughs> Sideways on. Thank you. Uh, Mark Lumsden, why hasn't Chaz announced 2020 plans? Has he not signed yet? As oh, far as we're aware, no, he hasn't. Oh, he's signed, all right. No, well, he's signed, but he's, they haven't announced he's it. He's signed. It's. I think he's. Uh, I think he's. I think he's shedding for stereo. He wants to fit in a nice tight soccer jersey. Mel Studley, what hasn't ARG bought? Uh, us. They haven't bought us because we will not sell out. We will stay independent till the day that somebody... Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's this we business? What's this we business? Pale face. Thanks, Tonto. (laughs) Ben Krenzel, give us another update on who is going where, driving what. Now, I'm assuming this refers to supercars. Mm. Okay, so at the moment, what we know for certain. Jack LeBrock to Tickford. Simona Di Silvestro, not to Tickford. She's off to Formula E. Okay, let's let's talk about who's absolutely 100% locked in. Yep, righto. Okay, Dej RTP stays as is. Yep. That's locked in. Yep. Triple H stays as is. That's locked in. Yep. Team uh, Betty. Team Betty. 50% lock. Anti- Anton is. Dave will be. I think it's just a matter of them sorting out how, how long and for how much. No, no. Tickford need a name driver back to hold on to super cheap. Dave will be welcome back with open arms and a great big fat open checkbook. Yeah, not Can't you see that? No, not happening. Can't see that? Not happening. You sure? He's not leaving. He still hasn't given us a shout out yet. He's 
Yeah. He's not leaving Betty anytime soon. He's not leaving Betty. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, you, you said publicly he'll retire at Erebus, and I agree with you. Mm. Who else is locked in? Stanaway's locked in. He's on a multi-year deal. Don't ask me how the f*** he did that. That's right. He's, he's got his head right and his yep. neck right. Yep. Actually, yep. Rochi's buck. Percat's multi-year deal. So he's got another year. Golding swinging. Are you kidding, baby? I put the car in swinger, baby! <laughs> um, Golding's out of contract? Yes, he is. But so there's a, there's a potential spot at Pabst? Yes. Peter Addison yes, boosts supercar team? Uh, Golding, I think, if he doesn't have any... I mean, Golding's actually gone up in my estimation this year, I think. Golding's a seat filler at the moment. There's lots of others out there. So the, the quick Kostecki would be better than Golding. Ooh, I wouldn't give it that. Well, the Kostecki's a building their own car at the moment, so they're one step closer. That we, we talked about them buying Techno. Mm-hmm. If they don't buy Techno, they'll bring their own wreck and they're, they're a kick for next year. Okay. No one's confirmed at Kelly. You'd have to figure Rick's sticking around because, well, you know, it's the team. So Here's one for you. Kelly goes completely. Tickford need a name to hold on to Super Cheap oh. and a Castrol link. Oof. So you're saying KR shuts down completely? No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying there's been weirder things happen. Oh, jeez. Just, just something someone's told me. Something okay. someone... I don't necessarily believe it. Something someone's told me. We're time-stamping it. That sounds extremely far-fetched. <laughs> that is extremely far-fetched. Here's another one that's extremely far-fetched. Charlie Schwerkolt buys a second wreck, and that's where James Courtney's going. Uh, yes, I my, did. My uh, mail, my early earlier in the year mail, where I was absolutely adamant he was going to race for Adderton, is potentially wrong, and it's okay to be wrong because it's the silly season. So, um, if you can cipher any of that, uh, Hol- where's Holdsworth? Uh, you might as well flick him. Well, that's the other story that he's gone. Yeah. Well, what's he done? I mean, well, he's done. Hasn't done very much. No changes at BJR. We don't think. We don't think Slade Dog, Slade Dog, Pur Dog, and Macadog are all be hanging around. Mm-hmm. I think they're all a lock. The soccer team. Well, Chaz. Courtney's definitely going. It'll be Chaz and someone. Whether Scotty Pie is that other someone, who knows? I think that's a bit pie in the sky. Whoa! Oh, that well jokes well us down. What else? Who we got left? Uh, techno. Techno. If they if they survive another year, I'd be friggin' amazed. Well, yeah, and um, Matt Stone, Hazelwood, unless uh, more um, financially conducive auction presents itself. Or, yeah, hang on, who's Hazelwood been linked to? Everybody. Uh, yeah. So mm. th- there's a fair bit of it up in the air. Um, we'll touch on that a little bit more. Yeah, it's probably a bit uh, early in a on couple in of the, episodes, yeah. but. It's a bit yeah. early on in the piece. Next question, Keenan Jones. Why are people so unkind? It's a simple question I've been asking for the last nearly 30 years. Why are people so unkind? Thanks, Kamal. People suck. Moving on. Yep. It's called life. Either get over it or get off social media. Jamie Jordan, the latest rumblings of Addison. There hasn't been any apart from the fact that the cars are shit and the drivers are good. I'll let you ponder that one. Mm. Let's wait and see how Richie goes. Now he's recovered from his neck injury and his mm. attitude adjustment. And Has um, Lance <clears throat> accepted that bet yet? So I can't quite understand how Gary Rogers can be so shit when they had championship contending cars only a few years ago. Mm. 
Mm. Interesting. Bodhi Vidal, why do we have such useless MPs? Uh, because we're stupid enough to elect them. Sounds like a question for someone else. Hmm. That sure. sounds that sounds like a question for actual Q and A, not this Q and A. Yes. That's the end of the questions, and I think that'll just about do us for now. Uh, until the lights out segment after the outro. Uh, big thanks to Lake Minnetonka. I think I might use money runs out again mm. because somebody mentioned ADS. <laughs> oh, <laughs> pretty crummy joke, really, isn't it? Yes, been some pretty crummy attitudes lately. Wow. Okay. Feel free to call in if you're uh, in the mood, mate. Who's that DSO bloke? I don't know who that DSO bloke is or where you can possibly find him. That's a pretty crummy um, thing to do. Page plugs. Time for page plugs. Hit us up on Facebook. You'll find us. Search for Podcast DSO. Search for Racing Insiders. And search for The Real Sound Engineer on Insta. That just about rounds us out. Hopefully the next time you hear us, we'll be giving a Bathurst slash... Season of Endurance preview, but we'll see how that all fits in someone's busy calendar. Thanks very much, Warbster. You've done it under trying circumstances. Uh, sound engineer, Arrivederci. We're done. Bye. our special after dark discussion mm. so rant well this is this is uh, on our running sheet Warbster I'll read it word for word so here's the self indulgent crap where we have no script and we rant a lot and today's question in after dark is if we're so knowledgeable how would we fix supercars sound engineer you can have a crack at it first what would you do to fix supercars number one engine yep go to you've got two options mm-hmm. if you want to they stick both with, involve a crate they do both involve a crate if you want to go to the nascar route get if you want to if you want to stay old school mm-hmm. go the nascar route buy a nascar engines yep put fuel yep. injection on them off we go don't need, you don't need to you could if you wanted to you're going to go back to a carburetor well and actually well you put efi on them fine right. just yes. run a motec on them yep. yep or your other option mm-hmm. is just buy like crate motors like ford performance and um, GM crate motors, LSs and uh, and coyotes. Right, all right. And so then hang on, I'll pause Nissan, you. And then you've got a Nissan engine. To yeah, yeah go hang on, hang on, pause you. Do six point two liters. Stop, stop, stop. I'll pause you for a sec. Warbster, five liter. Worst decision ever made. Absolutely. A lot of this is going to come across as all of this could have been avoided in the first place if people had the foresight and the balls to stop self-interest getting in the way of it. So this is what happens when the manufacturers and the teams... Well, two manufacturers. No, when manufacturers and teams get too much say in the rules. Yeah. 
because Tony Cochran summed it up beautifully. Well, hang on, they still have too nah, much. Hang on, rules. Tony Cochran summed it up beautifully on the dude podcast on the dude and the enforcer that too much influence on rulemaking and the running of the sport is coming from the teams and ultimately the manufacturers and the teams at the oh, front and he did, the back. And he did so much to stop it back in the day. He made lots of money. He did. Uh, okay, Tony Cochran. I'm going to go a bit off topic here. Mm. Tony Cochran, mate. If you're listening, what a great job you've done of rewriting history, mate. Mm. What an absolutely brilliant job. You talk about the fact that, oh, well, you know, the two manufacturers do too much and have too much say. Why don't you tell them to piss off? You didn't. because no, he, he didn't have balls to. He didn't have anyone else. He didn't and then, have when, and else. then when we had three others, two have escaped with their tail between their legs. So because, hang on. Because it ended up overpriced. Hang on. The television deal. You turn around and you say, oh, the worst decision they ever made was going to pay television. Well, not, you... for the, not for the team owners who are finally getting a return. Exactly. So, Tony Cochran, um, and I've been pretty consistent on the fact I don't like the guy. I never did. Go back to half-baking your football team, mate. Mm. Wind your bloody neck in. Righto. Moving back to where we were. Yes. Now, the two things that could have been avoided very easily that they've completely screwed up. Well, th- okay, three things if you want to get into the um, whole control components debacle which we went into before. First thing that I would change yep. that would fix a lot of the problems, spec aero. You have a standard rear wing, you have a standard splitter for everybody because that's going to take away a lot of the bitching and a lot of the arguing. And it's not like, and if TCR's taught me anything, it, no one gives us stuff. No one gives a stuff about whether the split is this big or this big or whatever. They don't. They just want to watch decent racing. They don't give a flying rat's ass about what the aero is. The only time that you hear about aero is when someone's complaining about it. So a perfect example of that is the discussion about carbon fibre brakes a few years ago. Now, I've had some talk with some people who, who do know. Carbon fibre brakes were going to cost roughly a million dollars per car in the first year and then the ongoings were going to be even higher excuse me old mate old mate up on the hill who pays his money to stand and drink his mid-strength beer and eat an overpriced bucket of chips could not give a flying fuck what sort of brakes the cars use all they want to do is see them side by side and go past making big loud broom broom noises pretty much yeah so the $120,000 engine scenario um, sound engineer summed it up beautifully if you couldn't make a reliable crate engine uh, last five, six, seven, eight, nine thousand kilometres for under fifty grand, it's time to go home. Pretty much, yeah. And this is the thing that I posited in the first place was once that five litre rule came in, anyone that wasn't holding a four was going to get screwed. Yep. There's absolutely no no way known it wasn't going to happen. Now, if you can't get an LS block to make five fifty six hundred horsepower. For 50 grand, there's something wrong with you. If you can't get a modular Ford V8 to do the same thing, there's something wrong with you. Well, you know, they can because they've squeezed every piece of horsepower out of the current engine. Yeah. If you cannot get the VK56, which we know produces 600 horsepower because it does it at Le Mans, it used to do it in GT1 back when that existed. Again, Nissan can spit them out six to the dozen. You can get them for less than 50 grand. Mercedes, the M159, 
You know that really great sounding engine that the GT3 cars have? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could have had that in supercars. But you didn't because Ford and Holden got their grubby little mitts in and decided to screw everyone else. 50 grand per engine. That's a third. So there's... Jeez. For a, four, for a two-car team, that's probably a million bucks right there. And you're trying to contain costs. But the problem we have, as we've touched on earlier in the podcast, is the Super 3 teams have kicked up at a 2021 introduction of the Car of the Future chassis. Um, essentially, they'll all go somewhere like TA2 where it's cheap. Um, because, and, the, and the privateers are going, there's no way we can afford this. We'll just park our cars and we won't run. Hence, uh, the day or two later after that news broke, two days later... Um, Supercars comes out and says, oh, we need to do more for Super 2, but we've already touched on giving you my opinion on that. Um, But what's going to happen post-2021? Where are these car of the future cars and really, really expensive engines going to go? Are they going to park them? Warbster, do you know what I'm seeing? A wise old man once told me to look at the future, especially of Australian motorsport, you must first look to the past. So you look back at the past. We're We're in the dying throes of Group C. We're absolutely in the dying throes of Group C. And how'd that end? The problem is we don't have a Group A on the horizon. We've got nothing on the horizon for supercars. Can we have the 635 CSI back? They were pretty good. They were a great car. They were a great car. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I I completely agree. I mean, how many times have I made the analogy of the um, 13B thing during all this homologation wrangling? It's Mm. the exact same thing back over again. They're doing individual freedoms. They're doing... Yeah, they're doing individual freedoms. They're trying to even everybody up with with sort of the handicapping system. Yep. It was the same at the end of Group A yep. in 1992 when they fucked Godzilla. So time. who's so who's running the gearbox with no reverse? Uh, a la Moffat. Well, hang on. The Sorry, only reason the Mustangs are so, are so much quicker is not because they're a quicker car. It's because the people who designed them had a lot of money and put a lot of money into the design. Oh, well, what about the stories of two and three and four different versions of the aero package? What about the set? That, that can only happen with lots and lots of money. Yeah, but there's also, like, the fact that they're set up by Penske. And, and we've said before, the most dominant car in the field isn't because it's a Mustang, it's, and we've said this all year, it's because Scotty Mack is just absolutely in the zone as current champion he's driving as good as any it's of the multiple the top champions three Mustang drivers are all really good drivers and and, Pen- and Penske have the cars absolutely humming they've got the most money they're spending it in the right places they've got reliability Triple um, Eight have had so much reliability issues the last two years if it's if it's not niggling mechanical issues it's been fumbling it's issues. been fumbling pit no it's been fumbling pit crew and dare I say it again, Twin Springs. Everything comes back to the best prepared team and the best, the most adaptable team will always be the champion team and money has something to do with it. You want to complain about Spring, about cost and then turn around and not, and then put Twin Springs in it. Well, that happened a long, long time ago. That's that's a long time ago. But the point is, is that with the Twin Spring thing, with the pit stop practice thing, with a lot of this stuff it's like oh oh my arms my arms been cut off better get a band-aid that's going to round out after dark i don't know what the solution is and i don't think anyone else at supercars does um there is no magic bullet they've almost painted themselves into a corner 
And I don't, as much as I love to, to hack on supercars, I don't want to see the series die because we don't want to see ARG own everything. We want variety in our motorsport, um, but we want our motorsport to be interesting and enjoyable. And at the moment, um, I record the races and fast forward them through because they're too bloody processional and it's just become boring. I think the main interest is actually what's Neil Crompton's word of the weekend. And on that note, see you next episode. We're operating at a high level here. Wow.